If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. those of you who are season one listeners, welcome back. And to those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome to season two of the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Pip. I'm a practicing midwife and enthusiast of all things women's wellness, especially when it comes to pregnancy and motherhood. Do you find yourself with lots of pregnancy questions unanswered? Do you feel that extra midwifery support would be useful to you? Do you fully understand how to enhance your pregnancy wellness? You are in good hands. This podcast is for you. Alongside this, I have also been busy creating a 12-month pregnancy journey support group and course to provide you with a whole package of expert wellness and pregnancy information to guide you every step of the way leaving no stone unturned from trimester one right through to trimester four. And I'm now enrolling expectant mums in their first trimester. Spaces will be limited. So if you think this sounds like you, get in touch through my social media or at midwifepip.com. Over the upcoming 15 episodes, I'm excited to be chatting with expert guests and real women on this season to bring you honest, evidence-based information and top tips to navigating your pregnancy wellness journey. I hope these episodes leave you feeling positive and empowered. And don't forget, for more support and birth preparation, to check out my website, midwifepip.com for your free birth preference plan download. I hope that you are sat comfortably and ready for the midwife chats and knowledge bombs to commence. During pregnancy and birth, your body has nurtured, grown and birthed your newborn baby. Your body undergoes huge physical and physiological changes during these stages. And often we underestimate the importance of caring for your body after birth. The fourth trimester can encompass so many challenges, from sleep deprivation to hormonal-driven changes to our mood and physical symptoms of recovery. And regardless of the mode of your birth, your body needs time and attention to recover properly. Looking after yourself in the postpartum should absolutely be considered a priority and not a self-indulgence. 
Yet so often, self-care for new mums gets lost along the motherhood journey. One woman who knows these challenges and the importance of support and recovery after birth is Emma Board, who is joining us to chat about how we should be caring for and nurturing our bodies post-birth. Emma shares my ethos that the phrase pre-baby body needs abolishing and switching out for a deeper understanding about the changes our body has undertaken and the ways we can support our recovery. Emma is first and foremost a mother of three young children, four and under, and sorry, four and under, and her youngest was born during lockdown this summer. Alongside parenting, she is a personal trainer and Pilates instructor, focusing on pre and postnatal exercise with the hope of inspiring women to keep fit and well during and after pregnancy in a safe way to aid mothers both physically and mentally. Emma's currently teaching a variety of classes via Zoom as well as one-to-one sessions and has recently set up an on-demand library for the convenience of her clients to be able to train in their own leisure from the comfort of their own home. She is passionate about educating women of the benefits of pre and postnatal exercise in a safe and effective way and believes in the hugely positive influence that nutrition and educated recovery in the postpartum can have. So welcome Emma and thank you so much for joining me. You're certainly one very busy woman so I am very grateful that you've taken time to come on the podcast. Thank you I'm pleased to join you in this. And just to clarify that's Four, that's three children, but four, they're all under four. Yep. Well, no, they're all under five. So I've got a four, four and a bit year old. Ah, okay, got you. Um, a two and a half year old and a five month old currently. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have got no spare time. <laughs> it's, it's hectic. It's hectic. You know what? It's been, it's been better in the last three months since the older two have been back in childcare. Let, if you'd spoken to me between March and June, that would have been pretty hectic during pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness, you are superwoman. <laughs> so Emma, you've obviously been through this journey a few times, mm-hmm. but what drove you to kind of specialising in pre and postpartum exercise? Um, well, initially I was obviously working as a, a personal trainer and I had a lot of clients who were at that stage of having children, uh, pregnancy, postnatal, and it used to constantly get asked, what can I do? Can I work out during pregnancy? And it was this, at the same time that I, I decided to do the pre and postnatal exercise course because there was a massive gap in the market. Um, I'd read a lot about it and it was a real big inter- interest of mine because I knew that it was a good thing. Like I, I knew I'd done enough research. The course kind of emphasized what you can and can't do and taught me the groundwork. Um, and from there, um, it kind of escalated. So I had a, a lot of antenatal groups that ended up saying oh can you set up a class for us can you set up a class for us so that's how it started so I started doing courses for groups you know the groups that you do when you do prenatal um, and then they'd come together and do a weekly session with me um, after and you know what it became like main my main focus um, um, up until recently to be honest as in since I had since I had to stop for the baby the postnatal classes have kind of grown and grown and it's it's not, I've seen that it's not just the focus on the exercise, it's the continuing that relationship with their, with their peers. Amazing. And it's a really great thing, actually, Emma, just to hear that mums are getting involved in kind of postpartum exercise classes as well. 
and um, because I think that's probably a relatively new thing that we're starting to explore yeah I mean when I started personal training it was it was this was years ago there was hardly anything there wasn't anything about um working out during pregnancy um no one had an idea of what they could and couldn't do afterwards they thought oh let's start up straight away after I've had a baby or on a you know get skinny and like that is just so not how it should be um and so it's and since then the amount of people that I've seen and how the mindset's changed it's been absolutely amazing and you know the the way it's you know come into my my work it's not just oh let's get fit it's let's have a community of working out and feeling good for our mind and body and that's so important isn't it like I as much as I love social media I think we can embrace it for so many good reasons the thing that I cringe at every single time I see it and I'm sure you're the same Emma is that a phrase of pre-baby body or like losing your pregnancy weight and all of these kind of suggestions that are just so damaging aren't they and so inaccurate we should be focusing on I feel like I spend half my time kind to trying to get rid of that whole oh I need to be how I look when I before I fell pregnant or I've got six months and I need to look like this for this event I'm like just step back pause notice the amazing thing that your body has just achieved and for me um pregnancy having a baby is absolutely miraculous I'm astounded by it I just uh, what the body can do produce a little baby is unbelievable and to put any kind of negativity on the body that's done that it's upsetting and I don't like the negativity towards yourself when you've achieved so much that's so true I always say to mums after they've given birth they should literally feel like their most strong beautiful incredible version of their self and I think by undertaking the kind of um postpartum exercise you can really start to um kind of retune with your body can't you and reappreciate what it's kind of gone through I think so and and I focus when I do postnatal training I focus a lot on um first of all the deeper muscles so not just oh let's work out cardio hardcore so you know we can lose all our baby weight you have to work from the inside your body has been working from the inside since you created the you know the baby at the very beginning so you have to work on that before you go anywhere and I, I, I do struggle with that because some clients are like oh I need to start doing my sit-ups well hold up that's not what we do straight away so bear with me um, and it, there's a lot of education and that's that's I mean, I love educating people because it's kind of taking them back and outside the generic, let's work out and get skinny post baby. It's let's make our bodies feel strong again. Definitely. And that's so important, isn't it? And definitely, I think education is got to be one of the challenges really about getting kind of that return to exercise or even exercising for the first time post birth. Are there any other kind of challenges, Emma, that you've kind of come across in your experience that mums face when they start thinking about kind of moving their bodies again and returning to exercise post-birth? I think some of the challenges are mental. Some of some people I see, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. Um, I don't know where to start. Uh, a lot of it is lack of confidence, mm. um, which is why I like the group sessions a lot because everyone's kind of in the same boat where they've just been through this life-changing experience and you are at a loss of where you like your comp- your and different your new your whole life has changed um you haven't experienced this before so you've got to step back 
so that's a that I see that as a challenge I see the not unknowing um I see the the fatigue as well postnatal tiredness that is a huge thing um, and I feel like that's a big challenge for a lot of people because they want to do it. They want to exercise, but they've got no energy. They don't see how it's possible with a baby. So those restrictions before you even get going with the body restrictions, such as how your pelvic floor is working, your core muscles, which have completely changed during pregnancy. There's layers that you really have to work on with a postnatal client um, and they need to understand, too. Definitely. And that understanding is so empowering to women, isn't it? And it, and it makes mm -hmm. it all make sense. So that's a really important component of it, for sure, for sure. So how do we kind of overcome these, Emma? Are there any kind of tips and tricks that you've got, having literally lived through this three times? Are there any kind of tips that you've got to kind of managing some of these barriers? Okay, I think initially just pause. I think breath and breathing and slowing down and not jumping in before you can you know before you can it's like running before you can walk you can't just have a baby and run a marathon it's baby steps so you know you come out of hospital and they say work on your pelvic floor well first of all educate yourself what is that so many girls I see don't even know what that is they say oh yeah I need to squeeze well it's not just about squeezing it's it's understanding that so um, my message to a lot of girls I speak to is let's talk through it and let's really understand what you're doing um, and then, and then from there, another thing, education, diastasis recti, which so many girls don't have a clue about. They go for their six week checkup at the doctor. The doctor says, oh yeah, you're fine. Have a contraceptive pill, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I totally understand they have time restraints and they look after, I mean, when I had my six week checkup, they were amazing with my babies, but I feel like there is a little gap in the care for the mum in terms of this is this is very important diastasis recti which is the muscle separation that occurs can occur during pregnancy um, and birth and i have girls turning up and they don't know what it is um, and i feel that's a real shame because they can go to the gym they think all oh, right i'm fine to work out well actually let's do the groundwork before and they're clueless they don't know that they need to do that it's like reading before you know what a letter is um, so i feel educating and um, asking for help really asking for help from someone that knows is is crucial and don't rush it's not a rush you're not going to suddenly flip out I remember with my first baby I I was like oh I'm fit I'm well I'm gonna go I my first walk I mean I walked up a hill and I was like whoa I need to hold up here because I my body's been through the been through the works and my my first one was tough um and and it's just that realization of just stopping, slowing down. You will get where you want to be. Just take time. Yeah, definitely. That's really great advice, Emma. And the other thing that always amazes me is if we were to have damage to kind of any other muscle in our body, so if we had surgery to, I don't know, our hip or our knee, we'd have this massive plan, wouldn't we, of like rehab and physio. And we wouldn't expect mm -hmm. ourselves to bounce back and go and do some run the next day. Yet when we have a baby, we're like discharged and we might be given a leaflet about Kegels, which really is quite unhelpful, which we know, which is why like half of women aren't actually doing their pelvic floor properly or effectively. And then we're like sent on our way. We might have a couple of um, visits from our midwife and then we see our GP in six weeks and that's your like recovery. Yeah, and, and you're kind of left. How different that is to kind of any other, any other muscle in our yeah, body. Yeah, th that's it. You are, you are left and I... I actually see a lot of clients probably six months post later who suddenly come to me and they say, 
I've, I've got this gap, like I'm now aware of it, what can I do? And it feels like, oh, if we'd have just paused and stopped before we, before we tried to run, we could have started working that. Obviously like we can go, we, I go back with, the, with anyone that wants to, I mean, a year down the line, two years, we can work on these core muscles, but it's just a shame that people aren't aware of it earlier. Definitely. And it's really important, isn't it, Emma, that when we think about moving our bodies in the postpartum, that we do start with those basics. Because if we suddenly go all out and start trying to do 100 crunches a day, then actually you're potentially going to cause more damage, aren't you, in the longer term? So it's important to do it in the right way. 100%. And I have to say, that is one of the battles I have with clients because they're like, oh, I want my flat stomach back let me do sit-ups and every time you're crunching without engaging those deep muscles those muscles are they are just doing the opposite effect of what you want them to do unless you are working from the deep deep down into the pelvic floor um and people don't realize that and it's a shame because people you learn so many other things you learn how to sterilize a bottle if you need to sterilize a bottle there's other things that you spend so much time worrying about over routine this that the other your body is so important so if we just put that into factor that into our pre and postnatal education it would it would help a lot because i also have had so much experience with um the diastasis gap causing mental not mental problems but i mean psychologically affecting girls because they're like oh I've still got this this like tummy um and that's and that can be assisted if you start working on it it can be you can work on that and actively working on it can psychologically make you feel better but if it's just there and you don't know what to do with it the unknown is a real struggle definitely and the psychological changes that happen in the postpartum are massive anyway aren't they we we hear loads about things like post um, post postnatal depression and birth trauma and these kind of um, subjects but even those kind of more more kind of clinical diagnoses aside I suppose there is still massive psychological changes that happen isn't there and actually moving our body so whether that is a traditional form of exercise or it is like you say those breathing techniques that engage your core muscles or just going for a walk and getting some daily fresh air can have a massive impact on your mental wellness as well as physical can't it yeah and I'm a huge advocate of giving yourself some time to go for that walk mm -hmm. and stepping outside the box whether whether it's with your baby which can be really lovely equally um I I've been for a walk with my baby when she's screaming and it doesn't do the best thing for you because you want that time out and you're like oh god no I need to stop now and feed the baby or this was my time out so I mean there is a balance of of giving yourself the opportunity to go alone as well as with the baby. It's all very well, lovely going for a walk with your baby in the pram if they're lovely in the sleep, but um, giving yourself that time for a walk and just getting out in the fresh air. I think it's priceless. Mm. I really do um, psychologically and for your body and you feel like you've achieved something. I also am a massive fan of a podcast actually. So whack that on and oh, you yeah. just I've heard always a really podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, walking and you don't have to associate this exercise with, oh, I need to get into the gym and make myself feel amazing doing exercise. Take a moment to lie on the floor and draw up the pelvic floor and work on those breathing exercises. That is giving yourself time for yourself that is positive. Go and get 15, 20 minute walk, just step outside the box, take a different environment. All those kind of things physically and mentally will benefit you. Definitely, it's so, so powerful. 
for sure. And Emma, when it comes to doing stuff for ourselves, so post baby, the massive focus is on caring for your baby, and and like absolutely and rightly so. But we do massively neglect mums, don't we, in all aspects of postpartum for sure. And when we say take this time for yourselves, quite often that is interpreted as kind of a bit of self-indulgent or it's kind of bottom of that priority list. You do something for everybody else first and then forget your needs. And we really need to start turning ahead on that, don't we? And actually making mums a priority because you need looking after as well after a baby. We, re- we really do need to look after ourselves. Um, and I know for myself the guilt of if you have that time, oh, I'm just going to go go for a walk or do my 20 minutes or pop out and see my friend for coffee the guilt you do it is it's the thing mum guilt is an actual thing um but it needn't be and I think the way I got around it because my husband kept saying to me you don't need to feel guilty you can do it is being aware of it I think the awareness is key and talking about it um because you are allowed to you are spending I spent you spend all day all night caring for your children or your child and and you are important if you are feeling okay then that will rub off on your child your partner anyone else around you and feeling negative personally is not going to do anything for anyone so if it requires you just taking a little bit of time out which I think everyone needs you got to do it yeah definitely I couldn't agree more absolutely absolutely so when it comes to kind of recovering, we spoke a little bit about how we really need to be patient with our bodies, appreciate it's going to take time. It's taken nine months to grow a baby. You know, your body's going to take time to then recover after that whole process. But other things that are really important, Emma, and I'm sure you agree, is nutrition and hydration in the postpartum. And again, it's something that we tend to kind of skim over or overlook and just head down the local takeaway. <laughs> yep. Ease. You think, oh, I, I just need that, I, uh, you know, quick, quick, quick fix, quick fix. Well, you wouldn't feed your baby a quick fix, would you? Um, <laughs> like when you when you start weaning your child, oh, I need to mush the broccoli. I need to do um, all the greens first. You literally plan it out down to a tea to feed your baby as best as you can. So, um, so you, but you are in a way reborn when you have your baby. Your body has changed. You need to build it back up you need to feed it well so you can look after your child whether you're breastfeeding or not you need to be on top of the on top of your game so you feel good to look after your baby so nutrition is is imperative um hydration is a key thing as well because i mean i see so many posts with oh i had i had a drink it got cold i didn't drink it well that that that's i mean that's a coffee one so you know too yeah. short times um <laughs> but in terms of water i um I, when I was breastfeeding and, and even now I have bottles literally like by the baby's bed, um, one that I take in the car when I'm out, like literally screwed over. And I remember my first, it was five years ago before all these amazing bottles came out that were easy. I used to have an Evian red bottle top all the way because I used to flip the cap, put it in my mouth, easy. Um, and I, I feel like little things like that um, encourage, you, encourage you to do the right thing, really. So you just got to make it work. Also prepare it so have it there so you don't need to get caught out because I'm in the middle of the night the other night I was like oh feeding and I was like I need water now and what are you supposed to do you've got a baby on you you're feeding her and you've got no water um uh, so drinking is a number one for me um food wise as well 
preparation and allowing people to help you. So initially, I, I mean, third, this time round was really difficult because of Corona. Um, so we were really <laughs> limited with help. Um, so that made it trickier, but people do deliver. They can leave boxes outside your house if you are in Corona period, um, but allow people to help. People do offer. Um, don't don't play up the whole oh, I can do it all I can do it all which is so easy to do and you don't want to put people out and you're like oh I just had a baby everyone you know everyone copes it's fine but take the help because why wouldn't you people want to help you and if it, me it means you'll get a lovely meal um, that night maybe a fish a veg and a potato whatever it is that you do not even need to think twice about then take it and nourish your body well um yeah green veg all the way <laughs> yeah definitely and also it doesn't need to be it can be simple like i'm a very simple eater have the protein have the leafy green veg and have the carbohydrate it doesn't need to be some lavish oh let's complicate things um just put what put in your body the right stuff definitely definitely because you've got all these muscles that are repairing and they can't repair without the nutrients they need no they really and the can. other thing i'd add is that if people aren't offering help ask for it because quite often people are a little bit shy about offering help in case that they take offence or yeah. that makes you feel like you're not coping or whatever. So ask for it because everyone is more than happy to help a new mum with a newborn baby. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that not just in terms of food, but ask for help with anything else that people might be able to help out. So if if you need to pop out and you need someone to pop around and just be be there if you need to run out or... Um, just sit with the baby while you just go and have a shower that shower is important you want to feel good so if it means just asking someone to come over and watch over your baby then ask them because you'll benefit from that they'll be pleased to help and the baby will be happy too definitely definitely it's not a journey that we were ever meant to do alone is it you know we it, need it really isn't and and one of the key things postnatal which I wanted to touch on is, is the hormones mm -hmm. and it's it if you don't have that time if you don't um, accept help if you don't feed your body with the right mental mental processing then you are going to struggle um, and so ask for help like I remember saying to my friend I just feel a bit rubbish and she just spoke to me so even just reaching out in that and that's in that way it really really does benefit you and that's mind and body that really is a connection there there's such a connection isn't there between our minds and our bodies and I guess that's where exercise can be so powerful and nutrition because actually what we do with our bodies and what we fuel our bodies with completely corresponds to how our minds feel doesn't it and how our hormone balance and, and all of those things and if you sit there in postnatal you're tired you're like oh I just want a bar of chocolate okay you might just want a bar of chocolate but is that going to make you feel good no it's going to make you instantly be oh and yummy yummy a bar of chocolate if you're a chocolate fiend but you're not going to be feeding your body with anything decent you're not going to energize yourself you'll probably give yourself a sugar high it's 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 probably not the right way so just just be aware of that and make the right choices and if you've got someone helping you out with food then just say to them please can you get me help me out with a nutritious meal i'm sure they'd be more than happy to no one wants to feed anyone like a load of junk and in terms of body positive feeling, that's going to help you because you're going to feel like you've put the right stuff in. It's like it's like fueling your car with the right kind of petrol as opposed to the one that's going to completely mess you up. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want that bar of chocolate, fine, like have it. Life's too short to be cutting out all. Oh, the let me tell you. The nutrition as well. <laughs> right, have a, have the meal and have the dessert, but don't cut the meal. 
yeah yeah absolutely and don't don't sub that nutritious meal for all the dessert <laughs> and also the guilt don't have a guilt for having a chocolate bar either sometimes you just need the chocolate bar oh for sure for sure <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely amazing <laughs> so yeah. I think definitely we have talked over the importance of asking for help if it's not offered and accepting help and kind of prioritizing yourself in the postpartum so when it comes to returning to exercise Emma when kind of is it appropriate and what are the kind of steps that we should look at when we start to initiate it okay so generically they say six weeks minimum if you've had an actual birth and eight to ten weeks if you've had a c-section it's very tricky to categorize it in that respect because you might feel amazing after six weeks or you might feel completely exhausted you might feel like you ran to ran up the stairs and you were about to wet yourself um and remember a c-section you've had an operation like it's it's no mean feat that like it's intense it's so abdominal surgery isn't it i think people forget that you're sent home day or two after R- really like take a step back and see what your body has been through um and exercise is a challenge to your body your body's already repairing it repairing itself so then to put extra strain on exercising you really have to be in in the right place to start so um they give those guidelines with days but you have to listen to your body so after six weeks try go for a walk I mean, I mean, go for a walk way before, but go for that walk and maybe up it a little bit, take a little, I don't know, pace up or uphill or try this um, weight or try squatting, but take it slowly. Um, But my initial exercise plan when I speak to people is in those first six weeks, A, to move your body by walking and B, to work slowly from those pelvic floor and core exercises. So those are safe to do in the initial phases and they are really recommended because you need, that's the groundwork before you can go on to do anything else. And if you've got the groundwork, stuff that comes later is going to be easier and supported and you're less likely to get injuries, which is key. If you're injuries, you're no good to anyone or yourself. Yeah, definitely. And it just um, takes you further, further back, doesn't it, in that recovery. And actually, if you haven't managed to strengthen those important supported muscles, then you're going to get symptoms of a dysfunctional pelvic floor when you try and increase things. So those right. symptoms of heaviness and dragging or incontinence. So it's going to prevent you kind of progressing in your journey. Yeah. And also remember, you might be having sleepless nights. So one day you might feel like you can take on the world and, you know, squat do a whole work a 20 minute workout 30 minute workout another day you might wake up and you think I cannot even pick up the car seat let's be honest that's really heavy anyway but still um (laughs) but so you really have to listen my a lot of the time I tell clients just to listen to their body they come to these weekly classes one week they can be doing uh, feel on top of the world and feel like they they've really had a great session the other week they go home and they're not so happy because they feel like it was a real struggle and that is all okay like that's normal don't put yourself in this box where you need to be an overachiever you're going to be right back to where you were postnatal because you are not your body spent nine months changing give it the time definitely definitely and again it takes us back to that just stepping back and thinking wow look what my body's done I need to now just nurture it and appreciate that and do things in the right way and be kind to yourself I feel like that's one of the catchphrases that people associate with me when I teach. I'm always telling them to be kind to themselves um, in terms of just understand, especially postnatals, understanding what your body's done, 
work with your body, not against it. You don't need to lift. Why, why are you forcing yourself to do something it doesn't want to do? You're not going to achieve anything by doing that. Yeah, definitely. That's really great advice. Definitely. And so when we talk about our kind of core engagement and pelvic floor muscles, I think especially when we look at core engagement, I think the first thing that comes to lots of women's minds is having a six pack abs and those really superficial, aesthetically pleasing abdominal muscles. But that's not what we're talking about when it comes to postpartum core engagement, is it? We are so not talking about that. We are talking about getting the deep core muscles functioning. So the ones underneath all of the things that might look aesthetically pleasing, the ones that have been worked so hard to look after your baby. So the pelvic floor deep down there, that is the one that has really been put under a lot of pressure. So, and a lot of people think, oh, pelvic floor, squeeze it, hold it, squeeze it. Well, we don't just want to squeeze it. We want to understand what it's doing. We want to engage the glutes because that's going to help support it. That's going to help support a lot of the back pain that one gets because their core is not as strong as it used to be. It's a whole circle of muscles around the core, not just, oh, abdominals, let's crunch, crunch, crunch. Um, and I see so many people going straight into things like planks and full sit-ups because they think that's going to heal it when they don't even know that they're engaging those inner muscles. And I actually messaged someone the other day, I probably shouldn't have done because it was out of turn, but I said, please just hold back and just just be aware because she'd written something on social media about how she had diastasis recti. And I, I, I didn't feel like it was my position to say anything, but equally, I just didn't want her to, to hurt herself or make it worse. So I just said, please just be aware to make sure you're working on your pelvic floor at the same time. I mean, I would never normally be so outspoken, but I just felt like I had to. And that's, that's how sometimes social media can be really difficult, isn't it? Because you, there's loads of great free information, which is incredible, but you have got to be careful about where you're getting it from. Right. And I did. And she was so grateful. So I was pleased I said it. But, you know, in retrospect, you're like, oh, God, I probably shouldn't have stuck my nose in. But really, I was trying to help. <laughs> okay, this could go one way or the other. but it's Yeah, luckily went the right way. <laughs> I love it. So when when we talk about women that will suddenly start doing all these crunches and planks, perhaps too soon for their body, what are the kind of telltale signs, Emma, that actually their body's just not quite ready for exercise at that point? Okay, well, when you're doing crunches and, you, and, and you're not ready, you can see this bulging appear in your core. Like you are not drawing down the stomach muscles. You're not drawing up the pelvic floor. So when you crunch up, you can actively see that the belly is popping up, also known as doming. And you don't want that because really that's not you don't want the belly to go up you want it to be that visibly you can see that that's not how it should be so that and that can be pushing it the wrong way so the gap that we that I spoke about earlier it can be increasing that and that's something you really don't want to do you're working against that um equally when you if you decide to go for a run postnatal if you find yourself thinking you're going to wet yourself well clearly you're not ready for that run so step back, maybe go for a walk uphill, take it in stages or do, I mean, I'm a big advocate of couch to 5k. So do a minute on a minute off just to see where you're at and gently increase it. But respect your body, like know, know that you need to take time if you need to take time and just hold back. There's no hurry here. What are you rushing for? Would you rather be able to do something in six months perfectly or in six months have to stop everything because you've injured yourself? Mm -hmm. um, and I do have to constantly remind people of that because um, I've seen people who have immediately gone for the crunches and they've ended up with the doming and, 
and they're mortified by it because they thought they had no gap at the beginning, which is true. They didn't have a gap, but they went straight into doing these crunches without engaging the deeper muscles and ended up creating damage. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Definitely, definitely. So it's important we do it do it in, in the right way, isn't it? And, and without rushing. And in such a fast-paced kind of treadmill-driven world, it's really hard, isn't it, just to kind of take that step back. It's totally, I guess, in a way normal that we suddenly have these goals and, and these ambitions, but it, but it is really important that we approach it in a sense. And we're way. always in, everyone's always in a hurry. We're all in a hurry to be where we want to be next year or do what we want to do next month. But realistically and and I'm like that too I want to be achieving this by then or doing that by then but what's the difference in a few months what's the difference in a year and are we going to feel better for taking our time and doing it well or getting somewhere and then having to step back because we didn't do it correctly definitely Um, definitely for sure and and our pelvic floor as well is so important in this stage isn't it so we talk about the deep breathing can you just talk us through that, Emma, kind of what that is? Um, connecting your pelvic floor with your breath. So you're not just um, drawing in your belly. It's a complete um, body experience where you breathe in and you are drawing in the pelvic floor as, as sorry, I'm not saying this right. I'm trying to do it as I do it. Definitely. I'm also trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody could see us, we're demonstrating it beautifully. I'd like to lie on the floor right now and everyone <laughs> to see me do it. Um, it's, a, it's an inner connection. So you breathe in the muscles and you allow the pelvic floor to draw up and draw the belly button in towards your spine. Now, the important thing is, is that people, people get confused very much in the respect that they think they have to hold in, suck in, draw the belly button as if it's sticking to their spine, drawing the pelvic floor up and holding when the body also needs to do the reverse and relax. Right. So so you have to do a bit of both in the same way that you wouldn't just hold a squat all day long. You need to come out of the squat in order to make the squat squat effective. Um, so it's about breathing in, drawing the pelvic floor up and connecting with those muscles and then allowing them to relax in order that they can then do the same activity again and generally ge- uh, gradually increase the strength in those areas. Amazing. And that is something that we can start doing sort of almost sort of immediately in the postpartum oh yeah and I actually did a video myself of of doing it maybe 10 days after I had my little one just to show that that the importance of doing it because I mean when you leave the hospital they say start on it um but you're not just sucking in you are using your breath to control the movement and that is crucial because then you're not just engaging muscles willy-nilly you need to have the whole experience of it so you're so you're connecting with it and there's a lot it's like when you have um this is how i also uh, describe it if you've got an achy muscle take lie on the floor take a nice deep breath and breathe into that muscle and there's something about that that really connects your mind and body to that place and kind of brings it an all-body experience which is is what it's all about 
definitely yeah definitely that's really great advice as well so so for anyone listening your pelvic floor and those deep core muscles are a million times more important than any of the very kind of materialistic or aesthetic goals that we see plastered all over glossy magazines and instagram aren't they (laughs) And I would say, um, if you are unsure about it, because I meet a lot of people that are unsure, they're unsure about how the breath works with it, how to draw up the pelvic floor, um, what the right thing to do with sucking in, this stupid term that says sucking in, um, then speak to someone, ask a professional, um, and, and take it slowly so you are really aware of what you're doing because you don't want to cause damage. And you want to, if you're investing time in doing it, do it the right way. Yeah, and that's a really good point, actually, isn't it? Because time is so scarce when you've got a newborn baby. So you definitely don't be wasting it doing something that actually isn't working or, or helping right. you function. Right. Definitely. So, Emma, I think from people just listening to your advice and you talking, it's probably quite clear. But, but what are the kind of main benefits that women can reap from working with someone who's a specialist postpartum trainer? Because there's loads and loads of personal trainers with varying degrees of qualification that we see everywhere but the postpartum is a really specialist period isn't it Mm -hmm. it really is and um if you if you go down the wrong route you can cause injury and not and I think the main thing is to feel confident with who you're working with um the benefits of working out with someone with the experience is that you're trained in a way that they understand the feeling I mean I also speak from experience that having had the having had three children I'm far more knowledgeable than when I didn't have kids so I mean I'm almost cringing at probably what I did as much as I've done all the courses and everything it it really helps having had three children and worked through pregnancy and postnatal because it's a lesson to yourself I had to take things slowly I had to really work with the tummy oh yeah I had people saying to me oh, you'd back on sit-ups. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm working slowly into the deep muscles before I go anywhere. I'm not running yet. Um, so, and so I think the understanding is crucial. You could go to the gym and find any trainer that can get you through a hit class um, in your postnatal stage, but they won't tackle the building up the muscles that are weakened having had a child um, yeah. and having been through a labor, whether it's whichever kind of labor, a C-section or a natural birth. Yeah, and that's a really good point, actually, Emma. So I think quite often women think that if they've had a cesarean birth or an abdominal birth, that their um, pelvic floor muscles aren't as damaged and they perhaps don't need to focus so much on them. And I I kind of get that point of view because when you've pushed your baby out vaginally, you understand that your pelvic floor has been impacted. But I think what we quite often forget is that during pregnancy, you've got all these hormones that have relaxed your pelvic floor and made it weaker anyway, and then we've added on to this hammock, the weight of like your baby and your womb and all of this stuff that's just put pressure on it for nine months and, and potentially a bit longer. So even without birth, just pregnancy can damage it, can't it? And it yeah, does spot on. spot on. I have clients that come to me and say, oh, I have a C-section, so I don't need to do my pelvic floor. I'm like, yes, you absolutely do. You really do. I mean, people need to work on their pelvic floor regardless of children or not. It's a deep core muscle that you need to work. Yeah, um, it's nice. Yeah, yeah um, that, that is so true. And, it, and, and again, it's the non-education. People don't know that. Um, so it's about educating people with C-section and vaginal birth. It's, it's all a learning curve. Um, 
and uh, yeah you've hit the nail on the head there <laughs> one of my pet hates as a midwife that that rumor and also the one that we just don't get the amount of um physio that we should have for pelvic floor and perineal trauma and even cesarean scar massage and stuff like that i i dream of a world emma where this is like a package of postnatal care <laughs> yeah if there's anything that comes out of this podcast today it is pelvic floor yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, as tedious as they are because let's face it they are yeah bored. and i and i and literally i had i was speaking to someone the other day who i'm trying to help her with postnatal and she's and it's so sad because she said to me um i said i checked in with her i said how is it all going with your pelvic floor and, and your core engagement and she said I just can't see myself getting where I want to be. So it's, I've just lost all motivation. Oh, and I said to her, why do, why do you think that? She goes, oh, because I just, it's just, I think she found it boring. It is boring. It. it is, it's, it is boring. Yeah. But at the end of the day, not everything's ex as exciting as doing 10 burpees or 100 burpees or running a marathon. No. Like, it's not all that exciting. No. But but it has it serves a purpose a really important purpose the injury rehab is so tedious isn't right. it right if so you've got great. a shoulder injury do or doing, doing shoulder shoulder injury rehab it's so dull yeah but you know you want to make it better so do the work definitely and actually what's more tedious and frustrating than doing your pelvic floor and deep core engagement is living with the symptoms that they that you'll have if they aren't functional living with the fact that every time you cough or sneeze or increase any kind of abdominal pressure, you leak urine or you've got yeah. a constant dragging sensation or pain with sexual intercourse. That is so much more tedious than investing these first few weeks really concentrating on your pelvic floor. And you can do it while you're watching telly or while you're listening I'm, to... That's, I literally say that to people. I say, associate it with something you're doing. So if you're feeding, do it while you're feeding. Mm. Or... Um, I often say to um, clients when they're brushing their teeth to try standing on one leg because they have to focus on balance and that's a real key thing. Um, yeah. So I kind of associate it with things. The other issue people have is that they can't see it. They can't see it working. So that's really challenging for people visualizing it. So visual cues are also really handy for, for clients. So, you know, I mean, the one where you're thinking, considering drawing up a tampon, making sure it doesn't, just doesn't come out. Those kind of examples, just having a visual cue of it helps. But yeah, it's not like, oh, at the end of, at the end of your pelvic floor, you will get a medal for running a 10K. Well, no, you're not. Nice. But you will reap the benefits. You will. You will, yeah. And they've got really great muscle memory. So actually, however, however symptomatic you might be post-birth, spending that time working on them you really will will help and actually speaking to someone who's a specialist in pelvic health is so so important as well and um, if you are experiencing sort of ongoing symptoms or, or 100% amazing so I hope that everyone realizes how amazing it is to um exercise in the postpartum but how do we from your experience Emma how do we incorporate that into life with a newborn <laughs> Because yeah, this is the tricky thing, and this is three. So I'm like, tell us your knowledge. Come on, how are you making it work? I, I, I think you need to be realistic. So don't think, oh, I need an hour session here. Well, that's not realistic. With one, two, or three kids, it's not. Be have set realistic goals. So say to yourself, I'm going to set 15 minutes. Um, maybe when they're asleep. Okay, we're so tired. You're always going to be tired, but I guarantee setting that 15 minutes aside when you get that break or when they're asleep, you will 100% feel better from it. So just giving yourself that time, even if that's your time where you say to someone, please just take over so I can have my 15 minutes. Then 
for exercise because exercise endorphins happiness health health as well that that for me is key um equally i do a lot of exercise when the kids are around funnily enough so with the newborn use the baby as a weight or have them in a bouncer on the play mat and do it in front of them there's nothing wrong with that it's stimulating for them um it, you don't always have to have a baby in your arms well actually i recorded a video the other day while where i wasn't intending on having lydia in my arms but she didn't want to be put down so then we did a workout with her she's away it's useful so it's making it work like that which i which i do it's not for everyone um, because some people like to have the 15, 20 minutes, half an hour on their own to do it. And I completely get that. And I totally need that. But if when needs must and you don't have that option, use them or <laughs> let them watch you. Let them watch you. It's funny. What's mommy doing? She's like prancing around in front of me looking like a right nutter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So it's just fitting it in and making it realistic. And I guess pre-planning. So trying to plan when it might happen or or just being yeah. in your workout gear all the time so you have I mean I can't I don't remember a time particularly over the last year that I haven't been in my in my gear at all so it means you know they've fallen asleep or we might have a window of 15 minutes there let something else go you don't need to be cooking you don't need to do the washing the washing can be done in a minute focus on yourself if you know that exercise is waiting for you if you know it's going to make you feel good and if you know you want to do it then just just go for it it's a lot of procrastination. I have a lot of clients say, oh, I'm, I, I should do it, but I'm not going to because I need to do this. Well, what's more important? You have to think about what, what is more important. And, and I know personally, for me, getting in that 15, 20 minutes, even if that's it, that's, that's great. It will make you feel good. Um, so yeah, preparing, i.e. in gym kit all day long. Um, and knowing what, like, having an option so knowing what you can potentially do in that in that time so whether you have a, a video that you might do or a pre-planned workout because then you don't have to think and I think the thought space is what challenges people they're like oh I want to work out but I don't know what to do so yeah preparation what's been amazing with lockdown is that now there is so many free resources that you can look at as well there are so many options like the the world has opened up totally for the option of working out and I think what what people have realized is they don't need to go to the gym they don't need an hour out they don't need to be anywhere or do anything they don't even need any equipment they can move yeah um, yeah in whatever way feels good on that day right exactly exactly that amazing and when it comes to I guess those priorities so we said prioritizing ourselves and exercise and actually looking at what is important. So like the housework totally isn't important. That's not gonna make you feel good. That can totally wait. That's a task that someone else can absolutely do for you. Mm -hmm. Use that time to do something for you. So whether that is that you do a little workout, that you make yourself some nutritious food, that you have a bath, you know, that you read a book, that you just do something that makes you feel good, getting your nails done, whatever that thing is for right. you that you do that and that's just so important in, in the postpartum and caring for yourself I think it's useful to have a list of the things that make you happy mm. so that you can when you've got that option of that time you do something that's for yourself and it's not a sterilizing a bottle because that's not going to make you feel good and if you've got that little window of opportunity for yourself then look at your list think oh I'm going to do that and then and then it will change you it will change your mindset it will change your day and it will make you happy 
definitely, definitely. And it's such precious memories, isn't it? Those first few kind of days and weeks with your newborn. It's important that we try and encompass as many happy, positive memories as possible. Yeah, I really think so. It, it really is because you, you can get caught up in the, in the, I need to do this, I need to do that. Well, hold up, just sit there and cuddle your baby. Just sit there and relax for a minute. It's such a, it's such a funny time because there's such a mixture of emotions and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And you see this one doing that and this one doing that. And you, and you kind of question a lot. It's a lot of questioning. Oh, I need to go for a walk because it will make me feel good. Um, but is, is it going to stress you out trying to get out of the house and go for a walk? And if it is, just pause, sit down and relax for a minute. And then maybe go for a walk tomorrow if, if, if that's a better opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's definitely. Just... just taking time yeah and that's that's a really important message and I think when it comes to that kind of preparing so one of the tips I've been that I've been speaking to lots of women about recently is when it when people find out you're having a baby or your baby arrives they want to just shower you in gifts and as wonderful and lovely as that is my like top gift recommendation at the moment is to give like one of those vouchers for like home-cooked healthy meal services so there's, there's loads now, isn't there, that either deliver like healthy ready meals that are like nutritious, home-cooked, proper ingredients, not kind of rubbish, artificial, hot noodle style, but like actual healthy meals. Mm-hmm. Or one of those services that come with like a recipe card and loads of whole ingredients, because that's just a great way of um, saving yourself loads of time and nourishing your body. Definitely. And and actually, we did that at the beginning of, of this period. We, we did... Uh, I can't remember which one HelloFresh reviews, but no, HelloFresh it was. Yeah. Um, and it makes your life easier, and you know you're putting in the good stuff. You don't need to think about um, buying the veg or this at the other. You don't need to spend time looking up a recipe. It's all there for you, and you're putting in your body what your body needs. Um, and if it's there, what you're going to do? Chuck it in the bin? No, you're going to make it, and you're going to eat it, and you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to feel the benefits from it yeah definitely and and you're right it is a gift for for mum the baby's gonna have a million and one baby grows or toys I have to actually say one of the best gifts I ever had on my first was a pair of lululemon pants yeah I I was like that is so thoughtful yeah that is (laughs) yeah gifts for mums are so important honestly honestly it was it was so different I mean yes please shower my baby with lots of gifts and that's gorgeous I don't need to buy clothes for the next two years but mum's done the hard work that was I, I was taken aback by that I have to say oh that someone actually thought about you yeah as the person and not just as as new mum but actually as right. your person as well right oh that's lovely so yeah definitely top tip to anyone who's listening who knows somebody who's having a baby is get mum again <laughs> <laughs> I agree definitely well, it's all Do about that. loving the mums all about <laughs> Now, Emma, I'm really sorry to throw you on the spot slightly here, but everyone that comes on the podcast, I always ask for three top tips. And I wonder whether you could share your kind of three top tips on caring for your body after birth, either from your experience working with the women or or from having your own babies. Okay, so I would say the first one, and it's probably pretty, pretty obvious, but rest, because two too often and I know this from myself we want to jump back we want to go for that walk we want to get out we want to do the washing we want to make ourselves look like the perfect mum that we can do everything that we can achieve everything um but hold up because if you are so overwhelmed so tired and you haven't given yourself a break then nothing is going to be achieved and you're not going to be happy 
So taking that break rest also, uh, it depends on your labor, but I remember with my first, I was in hospital for a week after, I was absolutely exhausted. I had zero sleep. You need to recover. Your body doesn't function on nothing. It just doesn't. And whichever way you're functioning on no sleep, you don't feel good. So allowing yourself that time to rest um, is crucial and it's the best gift you can give to your body after having a baby. It's hard to do. I'm, I'm a doer. I'm a like, let's go, let's be busy, let's get on with things. I mean, you can, you know, from what you said at the beginning, I like to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah. But in that first period, cut yourself some slack because nobody is going to work with feeling rubbish and not having any rest. Definitely. So that that's my and 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 be kind in that in that respect. Be kind. You know you you know you've got time ahead that you can get moving and get doing and get seeing people. And in in relation to that rest period, don't rush to see people or do or cater to other people's needs. Be there for yourself. Definitely. That's my number that's one. Come out of COVID, hasn't it? Actually, is that lots of parents that I met were like, actually, it's quite nice that we can go home and we've just got this little bubble and we haven't got to worry about a hundred visitors. I have to say, if I compare the three babies this time around, it's been so lovely and chilled. Like, obviously, there's the negatives. I haven't been able to have my mum around all the time to take the baby. Like, that's been really, really hard. Um, or just have a like have a break like with the others I could have a have a break and go out there's been a bit restricted now and that's also because there's two other kids in the house um, <laughs> but in terms of slowing down and just being and not rushing out and not having people over all the time and and feeling that you need to do things that's been a massive positive mm -hmm. out of this whole thing and I and I've really embraced that to be honest I haven't rushed back to do anything um, so yeah that that on that note yeah that's been that's been really great and I, and I think I'm going to learn from that I think I, I was talking to my sister the other day and and there is no hurry there's no rush we all need to slow down a little bit and embrace a little bit more and I especially think that when it comes to having a baby because that time is so precious and you don't get it again yeah going off on a tangent I know but um, no it's, e it's easily done when it's a subject that you're really passionate about yeah um, my second one is completely the opposite and it's to move. Um, so for me, looking after yourself, this is a personal one. I needed to get out and walk in the fresh air. Um, that's for so many reasons. I needed to have the blood flowing around my body. I needed to get an escape and be by myself for a little bit. Cause I think that's so important. And I needed fresh air, um, just to see the sky, to see to walk on the earth that's not inside your house, because especially with COVID, we are stuck. There's not many places to go. We haven't been able to go inside other venues or, you know, coffee is going out for coffee is kind of limited unless at the moment you want to freeze outside. And now that's not even allowed either, I don't think. Um, so just going for a walk, filling your lungs with the air and just also for me, listening to a podcast, it times takes you outside of yourself a little bit. And I think that's really important because so often you can get caught up with everything you need to do, caring about other people. Whereas if you're just listening to, I like to listen to things that educate me or make me feel like I'm nourishing my brain as well as my body with the air. I think that's, that's really important. So that's my number two tip. Even if it's just for a short walk, even if it's eight o'clock at night and you're like, Oh, I could be in bed, but what's going to be better? A quick 20-minute walk out in the air. Yes, that probably will be better for you or me personally. It might not be better for everyone. And then make you sleep better as well, doesn't it, for sure? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, 
And my last one is to fill your body with the good stuff. And this is interesting because I was thinking about this and not just in terms of food, but food number what primarily nutritious food, like we've discussed, fill your body with that good stuff, but also fill your mind with the good stuff. Mm. So whichever way it is, reading or um, listening to something or cutting off negativity in social media that we are completely over like it's everywhere um and you can see something on social media and it will make you feel awful so cut it out because that's not going to help you mind or body because you could like the way you respond to it is going to make you feel in a certain way and so yeah fuel your body in the in the right way in all senses food exercise and psychologically i'm a big believer in in what you put in you'll get out and there's an unfollow button on like Instagram and Facebook for a reason, isn't there? <laughs> Sometimes 100%. it's good <laughs> And you know what? There's so many good things on social media. I mean, that's how I came across you from social media. Yeah, um, it's connected to so many different worlds, which is amazing. 100%. And particularly, I've noticed in the last, since I've had my third, I've used it way more in terms of babiness than I did with my other two. And I found it amazing. Like I'm up in the night feeding and okay, maybe I shouldn't be on my phone, but it's so reassuring to see other mums in the same boat feeding with you. And it's kind of that connection and feeling that you're not alone, which is so reassuring. And I, th I for that, I mean, there's a lot to say for social media. There's a lot to say against it and there's a lot to say for it. And for me, it's been hugely beneficial. Definitely. I mean, I went on the other day, how long can you store breast milk for? Well, thank you, because I forgot. That's <laughs> yeah. really handy. Um, so the information is great. Some of it is not great. Like, we don't need to see how, how well you're doing or how beautiful you look at 6am when you're up with your kids, because that's not going to work for me because that's not how I, that's not, that's not my life. So goodbye, do follow, don't need to see you. Yeah. Um, but appreciate if that's how you feel good about yourself. And I have no issue with that, but you don't need, you choose, you're the, you're the boss. Um, Definitely. So yeah, fill yourself with the good stuff. Oh, I love that. So I will absolutely make sure that in the episode description, Emma's um, Instagram handle is linked. So you can go and check out her real journey with um, <laughs> slightly chaotic life with her three little ones. And also all of your amazing tips and tricks about kind of exercising both prenatally and postnatally mm -hmm. and kind of all of that mind body connection and looking after your body because that really needs to be a focus as, as we plan for for birth and the postpartum absolutely oh emma thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat i know that you are exceptionally busy especially as we're recording pre-christmas i imagine your house is very very busy so thank you so much for taking the time out to share to share all your knowledge and tips Oh, and thank you for having me. It's been great to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Emma. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration, or details on our bespoke antenatal education courses, head over to my social medias at midwife underscore pip and my website midwifepip.com. I would love to hear from expectant mums who have found this episode useful 
and wish to embrace further support on their wellness journey. Pop your details in the Your Pregnancy Journey tab on my website and I will be back in touch. Thank you and see you next time. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.